Welcome to A Touch of Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Sharland, and I am a cognitive, somatic, and intuitive healer, meaning I mix science and spirituality to help you release your trauma and live a life full of liberation. Join me for a journey of self-discovery and living for your soul. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for my beautiful guest today and her name is Hannah Rose Cluley and she is one of my beautiful business coaches and I was lucky enough to be guided by Hannah through her signature business course Flow which honestly changed the entire way that I structure and run my business. Hannah is a multi six-figure business coach who helps her clients reach their own six-figure milestones through killer marketing and abundant AF mindset. So welcome to the show, lovely. Thank you for having me. And that intro was so sweet. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I know it's so early for you. We were just talking about how it's like morning for you because you're in Kent, is that right? In England? Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. And then I'm obviously in Australia, so it's a yeah, completely different time zones, but I'm so glad that we're here. I know, I was just looking at how bright it is for you and it's 7pm and it's winter in the UK at the moment and it's like it gets dark by like 4pm. I'm like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know, it was 36 degrees today though, which is like way too hot for me. I like, you know, like okay. 36, too much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's minus today everything's frosty outside so we're definitely on the opposite sides of the planet right now (laughs) oh I feel like yeah we could do with a little bit of each in both areas at the moment yes balance yeah (laughs) beautiful well I would love for you to kick off the show just by sharing your current wellness or spiritual practices for your own practice okay yes I love sharing this so this is perfect so it's early morning for me so I just did it which is perfect so I can talk you through it so this has been something that I have carefully crafted over years of you know depression anxiety I've been in therapy for a year so all of these things are things that maybe I've dipped my toe into over the years and for the last probably like yeah 10 months this has been my routine so as soon as I wake up, I don't have my phone in my bedroom. That's kind of my number one thing because I do get very distracted if I do have it in my bedroom by like Instagram, things like that. So I don't have my phone in my bedroom. That's the number one thing. And as soon as I wake up, I do a gratitude practice where I write down three things that I'm grateful for. They're usually like really similar things. I probably have like a cycle of things I think of, but it's still really lovely. It's never like think when I tell people to do this they're like oh but I don't know what I would think of and it's usually like my cat my clients and my boyfriend or something along those lines like it's really basic but I think starting with gratitude is the key to everything because it reminds you of what you do have in your life that is good so I start with my gratitude practice and then I also think about my day and I write down two to three things that would be really amazing if they happened maybe it's signing a new client maybe it's not feeling anxious maybe it's something else and then I write down a word for myself like I am safe I am powerful whatever it might be in like this little notebook that I keep next to my bed 
From there, I'll do a tapping practice, which is EFT or emotional freedom technique, which is just the most incredible tool, I think, in the entire world for like soothing your nervous system and rewiring your mindset. So I'll do maybe five minutes of tapping, usually off my own back because I'm certified in it. But there are also like loads of tappings um, that you can have access to online if you're intrigued to try it. I'm going to be bringing out one on my podcast soon. So if you're interested, make sure to um, keep your eyes peeled on that because it will just change your life basically. And from there, I will do a meditation five minutes. I'm really loving is it hertz? Is that the sound, what the sound frequencies are called? You know, when you can do um, a meditation for different chakras, I actually don't know anything about that. I'm sure you know more about that yeah, than I do. Yeah, you're all over it. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I'll do, at the moment, I'm really working on safety and groundedness because I do have a lot of anxiety that is coming up through therapy. So I will either listen to the lamb, um, lamb chanting and lamb is the mantra for your root chakra or about safety and feeling grounded or I will listen to music or binaural beats or something that's been specifically created for your root chakra at the moment and then usually I would have some kind of movement like getting outside but I had um hip surgery this time last week actually is it Tuesday yeah I would have literally been going onto the table this time last week so um I'm not doing the movement at the moment but usually that is something that I would do and I have my breakfast and that is I don't have any other practices I think that I do like in the evenings I'm very much like a morning person but yeah that's my ritual slash routine at the moment Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And also thank you for being here, considering you're only a week post-op. I was yeah, so surprised when you were like, no, I'm still coming. I was like, oh, you're such a trooper. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, no, you're back. super welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and I know. I've been really excited about this. Oh, good. And I love that your gratitude, like your number one was your cat. Like that was just the best thing. Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> I love your story. The irony is that she was so annoying this morning. So it, well, <laughs> she wasn't that this morning, but usually it's her. <laughs> oh, she's so beautiful. If anyone doesn't follow Hannah, you should just for the cat stories because they just make my day. <laughs> I love very it. very cute, yes. And I also love that all of what you shared is like basically free. You know, I think as humans, we often like yeah. overcomplicate things and we think we have to go to like, you know, a class or we've got to buy this thing or do this thing. And I just love that everything that you shared was stuff that you can literally do at home for free. So yeah, thank you again for sharing all of that. No, of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to live in Bali. I lived in Bali for two years and it was amazing there because you would just wake up and be able to go to an incredible yoga class with some amazing teachers and go to the beach and watch the sunrise. Like they are all things that I did really love. Um, but I think for me now it's the simplicity of things and the ease of just waking up, going into my living room, sitting on my favorite armchair and just doing all of that. And as you say, like, it doesn't cost me anything. And I think we can get really caught up in believing that everything has to be done by somebody else where it feels very empowering when your morning routine is something that you're facilitating for yourself. And it took me a long time to get there. Don't get me wrong, but it, yeah, it feels really empowering. I would say is the word. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. So before we fully dive into like the entire show or the episode, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit more about you and what it is that you do and also your journey into becoming who you are in your business. Amazing. Yeah. So I am currently working as a business coach and mentor. I really specialize in selling your offers online, marketing, messaging, really like pulling out the the potency of your, yeah, your message and what you have to say to the world so that the right people can find you and can reach you. And then I'm also really, really interested in how the mind works, how the nervous system works, because I used to be all about the strategy. And then I found that my brain and my mind and my nervous system and my ego were very much holding me back. So I dove into that. I went into therapy. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a meditation teacher. Like I have a lot of different kind of things that I've done in my life. And I really find that when you feel safe and you work to kind of unravel these beliefs that you've picked up along the way, usually from your childhood, but not always, it just makes all the strategy pieces so much easier and things flow to you so much easier. So whether you're listening to this and you run your own business or whether you're just wanting to find happiness or clarity or relationships, I think that, or I know that working to unravel those beliefs and feel safe in the world is kind of the most important thing to do, which is why like I incorporate it now into my coaching and into my programs, where for the first two to two to three years it it wasn't like that I didn't have that aspect um and how I got there is such a long story I'll try and like pick out the really important pieces um it's really interesting actually because I've just had this hip surgery and it's by no means it wasn't invasive like they removed um, a benign lump from my hip essentially but not being able to move as well has really reminded me of what kind of started all this off was I had two knee surgeries in probably 2011, 2012, or around that time. And I couldn't walk for um, six months at a time-ish after each one. And that's how I got into yoga because I used to be a sprinter. I used to be a netballer. Um, You guys in Oz will know what netball is, which is great because usually people in the US are like, what the hell is netball? Um, And yeah I not being able to walk was obviously really tough like as you can imagine it's very different to what I'm experiencing now but um that got me into yoga obviously on the physical basis there's so many people start yoga for that and then all of the mindset tools and the depth and the philosophy really drew me in so I quit my corporate job did some yoga teaching decided to move to Bali did my coaching certification and just everything really unfolded from there the business coaching I'm just really good at social media like that's something that I found out quite quickly when I was managing a studio in Bali and I just ran with it and then one day I think at the start of COVID I just woke up and was like oh this is what I should be doing and I did it and it's definitely changed a lot but I really love it and I love empowering women in particular but not just women to feel like they can have freedom and they can have choice and they can have wealth essentially Mm, I love that and I think 
for me, I signed up for Flow predominantly because mm. I work on doing like social media and I was very mm. new to business and didn't know what I was doing. And then I remember seeing like the module of the mindset stuff and I was a bit like, hmm. Like I didn't, it was, I was like, oh, I'll do that at the end. Like I'll finish, I'll finish. And it's only recently that I've started like rewatching flow and going back through everything. And now I'm like, oh my God, why did I like wait so mm-hmm. long to go through that module? Because now I realize that it was me that was holding myself back. It wasn't even necessarily my social media. It was me and like the energy that I was putting mm-hmm. out because I was limiting myself so much. I love that reflection. And that's so true. I feel like when I used to sign up for business programs, I'd be like, mindset, no, I'm only here to learn strategy. And I think now, because I really, with my content and how I'm showing up online, I do talk so much more about the mindset and the nervous system. I think when people join a program, they see now like, oh, this is integrated. Whereas I think previously as well, like when you did it, it was definitely a piece, but I probably wasn't shouting about it enough and I think that's just so true like we naturally avoid it because we feel like we're good Mm. and it's kind of that thing of we're not fixing something with the mindset we are preventing something almost sometimes we're fixing something for sure Mm fixing is maybe not quite the right word healing but it's that that idea of for me And I still do it. Like if I wake up and I've had a great week, sometimes I'm like, I don't need to tap. I don't need to meditate. And then in two weeks time, having not done it quite as much, I'll realize and I'll be like, no, now it's time to move back into it. It's definitely something that for me is prescriptive and I want to be doing it every day because it's the long lasting effects, right? Yeah, that's so true. Often when we can like feel like we're progressing and we're getting good, like it all goes out the window and then you're like, what's happened? Like I was doing so well and you're like, oh, it was my practices or, you know, Mm -hmm. my work. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the most like common kind of limitations you see with Mm -hmm. some of your clients that maybe aren't doing the mindset piece? That's a great question. I would say fear of being judged for sure especially for people on the newer end of um their business and then I think once people have had a taste of success as they deem it to be in business terms it's usually this isn't going to happen again or this is going to fail this isn't going to work out nobody's going to sign up and it's it's really funny with your not your insecurities but people's insecurities and the shadows that come up and the limiting beliefs it's like quite often they are a possibility and I think it's very important that when you know a client comes to me and we speak about something and this is one of the beauties about tapping is that you really acknowledge the fear and about how it is definitely a potential because yeah it's a potential that my next round of flow like nobody could sign up it's definitely a possibility and I could be putting the correct amount of work in and it still could not be right for the people watching what I'm doing right but it's it's allowing that to be true and still knowing that you're safe anyway that's really the basis that I work on and also not going to worst case scenario too quickly like having it in the back of your mind But yeah, it's definitely like the fear of failure, the fear of having reached your peak and never being able to find it again, the fear of 
also success people are people are definitely scared about what things would look like if they had success I think because a lot of the time newer entrepreneurs we don't have support we don't have a team we don't have people supporting us you know people don't tend to have VAs yet they don't have online business managers they won't have personal assistants or anything like that which is totally fair but then you've been working so hard and you're getting what 5k 6k 10k which is a great amount of money but then you're thinking how could I make more when I'm working so hard you know so I think that's definitely a fear that a lot of people have as well fear of showing up fear of being judged fear of rejection fear of no's those tend to be the the common the common ones Mm. And I really love that you acknowledge that like I've followed and then unfollowed some business coaches because they'll kind of bypass people's feelings. And like Mm. sometimes I'll be watching their stuff, which like I love, you know, positive psychology and all of that. Like I think it's got its place. But sometimes I'll be watching things where they're like, just don't worry about this thing. And I'm like, don't invalidate my feelings. Like it's a real fear, Mm. you know, I need someone to even just hold space for it and then be like, yeah, like we can have this, but we don't have to buy into the narrative that this is who we are and this is what our business is going to be. Like you can have that fear, Mm. but then you can also choose to not fully be consumed by it. Yeah, that's really valid. And it's that thing of understanding that feelings and emotions are different to beliefs. Mm -hmm. So you're allowed to feel, well, you're allowed to do all of it, right? But for me, it's like I'm letting myself feel the feelings. My clients get to feel their feelings, like everything is safe. But we then work on the beliefs that tend to come after the feelings. So I'll often say this to my therapist, I'll be like, I feel like I'm misunderstood and she'll say well being misunderstood isn't an emotion so what do you actually feel and then we kind of go deeper into that and I really believe that when you look at the emotion underneath which tends to be fear sadness anger shame or guilt like those tend to be the things underneath our more negative limiting beliefs when you work on those the other belief disappears or dissipates and becomes not quite as strong so those fears of like people will say no like what does that actually mean all of those things is where I would tend to go and dive a little deeper because that's where you will find the answers I think it's one thing to like look in the mirror and say like my business is successful I can do this I can make money and then there's another layer of really going into the wound and for so long before I really had the modality of tapping behind me nothing really worked like I would do the visualized guided meditations and I would do the yoga and I never really truly felt like I was moving into the wound and obviously for some people those things really really work but I think for me it was the tapping that unlocked everything because it really combines your mind and then your subconscious so that you can go back and it's usually talking to your inner child like that's really usually what it is it's like soothing your inner child I think when you find whatever modality really works for you it's so powerful like it's amazing whether it's tapping whether it's meditation whether it's sound healing whether it's reiki like whatever it could be when you find it and it really works you want to hold on to that I think the issue is that it takes people a long time to figure out what does work like it took me years to find tapping 
Mm, that's so true I literally had a conversation with my client just before jumping on this call and we were talking about how she just wants like a quick fix and I was like I Mm. understand that like as humans we just want to you know sometimes you know take a pill or sometimes just do like a one session and we think that you know then we're healed and we're fine and I was like but some stuff takes time you know like you might need to do a few sessions or you know like you said keep trying different modalities But yeah, I think it's Mm -hmm. so interesting that everything does kind of come back to that safety piece. And also, like you mentioned, like our inner child and our wounds. And I know that you talk a lot about creating safety to allow like more stuff to come in and also Mm. like expanding your nervous system and being like, yeah, you are safe to receive, especially money. Like I know money is quite a hot topic. So I would love to Mm -hmm. um, talk to that if we can. Yeah, I really feel like money is just like it's not the money that people want it's the lifestyle it's the freedom it's the choice and for every single person like money will mean a different thing so for one person it could just mean traveling all the time and having you know being location independent or it could be designer handbags or it could be building a farm like whatever it is for you specifically I think is super super valid and I think that's also one of the most important things to say is like never feel shamed because what you desire is different to either what you're seeing on social media or what people around you want like what you really desire is very very valid but for me money it's very um what's the word money has a lot of weight to it like there's this idea in society that there's the the poor there's the people in the middle and then there's the rich and that like we're almost like different species like that's really how I perceive it and I think there's so much extravagance people look up to people like the Kardashians people look up to people like Hailey Bieber who seem to have a lot of money and who are beautiful and then also there's this weird narrative that if you have money you're evil like how often do we see movies with a girl who was rich and then she forgets who she is or she like has an accident or she loses everything and then she becomes humble and then she's good and then then she gets the money back like it's just I really do feel like it's this really strange cultural narrative and we could go into loads of conspiracy theories about this but I always wonder like is this something that's being deliberately done to keep people not wealthy like this is always a question that I have and I I do also believe that money is tied to our worth So for me personally, like if you were to look back over my childhood, like even if you could go back in a time capsule and we could sit in a little spaceship and like look at young Hannah, you'd be like, you have a really great life. Like you were loved by your parents. You had a lot of fun. You were really cheeky. And yet for some reason, I came out of my childhood with this underlying belief that I wasn't good enough and that I was naughty. Like that was very much like a theme because I was really loud mouthed. I would say anything that I wanted to say in a shop, in the swimming pool, in a supermarket. And my mum would always be like, Hannah, you can't say that. And I would say like just stuff that a little kid would say. And obviously looking back and having had discussions with my parents, they were just kids themselves and they didn't really like know how to parent and they weren't bad at it, but they obviously were not amazing at the same time. And I feel like as a result, and a few other things that I like won't get into, I yeah ended up feeling like I was bad and I was naughty and that I didn't deserve good things. And that has created like an anxious attachment style for me. It's 
created anxiety in general, which is why I'm currently in therapy. And then also it's created this, but in the same way that I don't believe that, or I didn't believe that I deserved a good relationship. I also didn't believe that I deserved to have money because I, that just wasn't something that I ha- I could have. And I think it's really similar for a lot of people. It's like, what is your wound and what was your experience when you were younger? And it doesn't have to be when you're six or seven. It could even be when you're like 18, 20. It can be, a, you know, some of my core memories when I was like 20 that I've been working on in therapy. But what happened that made you feel when you were younger in particular, because our brainwaves are different when we're children and the way that we absorb situations, we always think it's our fault. Like a child could be in a car accident they would obviously not be driving the car, but they could feel like for some reason the car accident was their fault and they could internalize that because that's how a child operates. They're very like um, ego-centered, very them, because that's how you survive when you're younger. Um, same with a baby. So I do feel like there are probably so many things that happen that people end up feeling like, oh, I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't have this. And I really, really do believe that quite often that's where our money stories come from then if you compound that with the money stories of the people that are looking after you your parents your grandparents friends people at school media films I mean it's a no-brainer that so many of us struggle to have the amount of money that we want I think (laughs) yeah when you hear it like that you're like well no wonder our money stories complicated because it is yeah, and it's so interesting that you mentioned like the um, people with money are like evil because that's a belief that like my parents put on me when I was growing mm. up. Like, you know, my parents have always, you know, been an average kind of income, I yeah. guess. Like my mum was a stay-at-home mum and so like it was just my dad working. Um, but they used to always say that like they'd have enough money, but there was always this little part of them that obviously would have loved to have taken us on holidays and done all these things and it was through EFT tapping that I actually like uncovered my money story and mine was heavily around like my mum used to say oh I hate money you know like if we didn't Mm. have money like the world would be a better place and you know money doesn't grow on trees and like all of these sorts of like just throwaway comments that she obviously didn't realize like I took and imprinted and yet as an adult like that's something within my business I've had to really like peel back the layers Mm -hmm. and be like what is this that's like true what is not true how am I like using this and blocking myself and it's so interesting when you do break it down and you think oh my god like where did that even come from yeah it's really cool when you do yeah Yeah, I think it's so interesting that tapping helped bring that out for you because I do believe that there are just so many memories that we don't even have access to sometimes until we're in like a certain space of feeling safe or diving into it and that comment money doesn't grow on trees I feel like every child had that (laughs) grow like who's kind of our age and Mm. that's this yeah this idea that it's not infinite like Mm. this idea that it's not abundant like yeah that's exactly it and I think the counter for that is get yourself outside and go and see where there is abundance I mean you wouldn't want to do it now in the UK because there are no leaves on trees <laughs> it's like we can do it here you know <laughs> it's winter but you could guys can do it over there like go and look at the beautiful trees go and look at the beautiful flowers like even you were saying Shelby that you had a spider like you can't you couldn't get rid of it and like you didn't even invite it into your home and it's just there like I do think that there is this abundance of everything and 
there are beliefs that we carry that make us believe otherwise. Mm. And I love that you're using the word like abundance as well, because like you said, that can be so many different forms. Like I think, Mm. especially within business, like I had to catch myself, especially early on, just looking at like the money that was coming in. And then I started like, yeah, catching myself and being like, but how many people are walking through the door of like my wellness center, maybe not booking in right away, but having like those really deep, beautiful, like meaningful conversations. Mm. And then, you know, they might have left and been like I needed that conversation today and for me like if I could help one person like the tiniest bit then I've done my job you know so looking at it in that sense of like you said abundance is everywhere even like your gratitudes like they were very heavily focused on just like the abundance of love that you've got around you like I think Mm -hmm. that's so special as well coming back to the energy of even having electricity or listening to this podcast like what device are you listening on like that's abundance Mm. That's exactly it. And that's really how I got into the wellness world was through my injury. And I think it was the gratitude of actually having a body that, because my injuries were really severe back, you know, when I was 22, 23, however old I was, that I think it was that I can never remember. And I was just always so, like, after both the operations, I was so amazed. And so was my surgeon, to be honest. He was always like, how do you have this mobility in your knee? Because the operations that I had would have usually meant that the knee wouldn't bend like all the way, like, you know, you could flex it and then bend it all the way down, whatever the correct words are. But I had like full mobility of my leg. I was strong. And he was always just like, how have you done this? And I would, it's just, it was always a really humbling moment and a really, a big moment of gratitude that I had this body that was willing to repair itself and that's really where everything started for me was this gratitude and I've got it tattooed on me as well because my uncle he passed away last year I mean he was like 85 so he had a or like maybe even 90 had a great life but I remember the last conversation I had with him he was like just be grateful for everything that you have like he was really religious so he would talk about God like he was a, a vicar or a reverend and he'd be like you know just God just is saying like, just be grateful every day and just look at what you have and just be happy with it. And I don't necessarily believe in a God. I believe in more like universe spirit, things like that. But I just remember being like, yeah, that's literally exactly it. Like as long as you have your family and your friends and love, life is really good. And then I think from that, everything else can build. Mm. oh that's so beautiful that was making me like emotional I don't know if it's like like, PMSing or what but like that I was like oh that's so special and you're so powerful something that like we often forget when we're just like busy and get like kind of caught up Mm. in the superficial parts of life so yeah I think that's a really beautiful reminder so thank you for bringing that into the conversation Mm. I think that's so powerful no, you're super welcome. So I would love, I know you've shared, like we've chatted about the mindset piece and then obviously how we're blocking ourselves, but I would love to know if there's like any other big mistakes that you see like commonly with your clients when it comes to their business. Oh gosh. Common big mistakes. There are a few there yeah let me run through them so I definitely think we've spoken so much about mindset and I I do believe that um 
neglecting, I suppose is the word that I would use to focus on mindset, to focus on um, abundance it, in, in your own way is probably the biggest thing. And let me actually, maybe this is a, a better way of saying it. It's like not making yourself a priority because when you're running a business, especially when you're kind of in the 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 child to teenage years of your business, like the early years before you feel like you're really established and stable, those are the hardest times because you're working so hard. As I was saying earlier, you probably don't yet have a team or you have a smaller team. You're doing a lot of it by yourself. You're working long hours because you're trying to create stability, consistency and money coming in. So you neglect yourself, you neglect your mental health, you neglect your physical health as well. And I that was probably one of the biggest learnings for me was in 2021, in May, June, July, I had like one of the biggest episodes of depression I think I'd had for a good like five years. And I literally just felt like I could barely work. Like it was really, really difficult. And now looking back I realized that it it wasn't really much to do with work it was to do with personal life things but because I wasn't managing the anxiety the depression would then come and I think I see this a lot as well is that people aren't prioritizing themselves business owners get sick a lot they have to take time off work so if you can right now instead manage your calendar manage your routine so that you're already giving yourself rest like are you taking two days off a week and preferably consecutive days if you can have more than two days off a week amazing I know that's not like possible for a lot of us but that's maybe the end goal for some people is to work like a four-day work week or something like that so there's definitely that like just prioritizing yourself there is the lack of consistency in the different areas. So you might be super consistent with sending emails and doing admin, but maybe you're not showing up on social media as much or vice versa. I think that's really important. Make sure that you're consistent because consistency is key. Like that is the one thing that's going to carry your business forward. And then another thing that I would say is not being kind of potent or clear enough with your messaging, like not truly being yourself and it it's usually uh, like a wound or a shadow again that's blocking you from showing up fully as who you are because maybe you're scared that people won't get your humor or that people won't like you or that what you have to say is too controversial you know I work with a lot of health coaches and I think health fitness weight loss all of those topics are very taboo and controversial right now because if you talk about weight loss, then it's not good for people who've had eating disorders previously. But then, you know, it is calories in versus calories out if you are wanting to. It's like it's such a convoluted, interwoven space. I do have to find a lot of health coaches in particular get very scared about sharing their message that they truly believe to be true because there's so many contradictions. To be honest, I feel like that's true no matter what industry you're in. But I definitely just noticed that with how coaches a lot at the moment. And yeah, and people are scared of being cancelled. You know, cancel culture is a thing at the moment and people are really scared about that. So I think those are kind of the biggest mistakes is like watering down your message or just not being yourself, not prioritising you and not taking care of yourself because you've got to be your number one. And the final piece to the puzzle which I said earlier on, that's gone out of my head, consistency. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I'm like listening to all of that and I'm like, yeah, like 
that's me that's me you know because like I always Mm. used to think I'm not so bad at it now but like I used to think if I wasn't busy like I wasn't being Mm. productive and that was like a huge one for me so then I wouldn't prioritize myself like I'd work Mm. seven days a week push all of my practices out the window to you know log on earlier and like create content and this and that and then the stuff that I was creating or like what I was giving to my clients wasn't like of value anyway and I was like I'm Mm. much better like I'm a better healer when I rest and I recharge my batteries and then I give to other people Mm. so I think yeah that's it's so important to first give to yourself and I know obviously within business we're gonna have like the ebbs and the flows and you know sometimes it's just Mm. gonna be so easy and things are gonna just be coming to us and then other times you know it's gonna feel a little bit forced Um, I was just wondering Mm -hmm. if you have any advice for somebody who's maybe going through some of these waves within their business at the moment. Find the trust that you're going to be okay because these waves of doubt usually come after maybe you've been on holiday for two weeks. So you have, you know, you've not been posting and then the clients aren't coming through and it's like you could give up or can you trust that ultimately underneath everything like you're going to be okay and Mm -hmm. that either your vision and your desire is going to come true or like something better is coming I really do try and stick with that and that doesn't mean that difficult times won't come and that difficult things won't happen it doesn't mean that whatsoever it just means that yeah something better is coming and a really clear example is that I went into the coaching world back in like 2018 thinking that I was going to be a self-love coach and it just didn't work out COVID hit in 2020 I lost you know because I was working in in a retreat space in Bali with my coaching and I had a couple of people online but it was mostly like in-person work and I lost everything and I could have looked at that time being like well this is it this is over this is done I failed but I think just during that time, for some reason, I just had this feeling that everything's going to be absolutely fine. And here I am now. And it's completely not what I had foreseen. Like I thought I was going to live in Bali for the rest of my life. And yeah, I don't now. I live in the UK again, which is completely not, that wasn't on my plan, but it just unfolded like that very naturally. And I'm really, really happy. So you have to just, we don't have to, but if you can just build this trust that you will be absolutely okay and sometimes don't get me wrong it's really difficult but that's part of the practice that's part of what I tap on it's like I'll be you'll be okay you're going to be fine you're going to be safe Mm, that's so powerful I love that so switching Mm. gears just a little bit I Mm -hmm. absolutely love how you show up online and so Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you like how you do it in such an authentic way and like I know you already kind of shared that sometimes you've got you know those thoughts that come up that things people aren't going to get your Mm. humor or aren't going to resonate with a post but how do you like train yourself to just post anyway yeah thanks for that that's really nice to hear and then that's a really difficult question I think for me to answer because how do you train yourself yeah 
the, the thing with me personally is that I have been posting on social media for a really long time. Like I had a blog and I had, I was doing like influencer work and it was all about my injury recovery. Actually, like that's how I kind of got into social media was documenting my two surgeries years ago back when Instagram like didn't have video didn't have stories was like a completely different platform so I think because I started out using it very much as a diary I got very used to sharing myself and then I turned it into a business whereas I think if you're coming from a space where you've never really used social media or you just post pictures of your friends like it's a personal account and then you're straight into a business and you're and and you are a key part of your business. Like if you owned a coffee shop, I think it'd be very different. But for people like you and I, where we're service providers and we are part of what we're selling in a way, there has to be that balance of like, not influencer work per se, but just showing who you are, which I think can be very confronting. I think it comes down to, again, that trust piece of like trusting that people want you for you. And I remember in my yoga teacher training years and years ago, they got us to write down like, you're not an avocado. You can't make everybody happy. Or like, you're not <laughs> Nutella. You can't make everybody happy. Like whatever you want to say. And I, I literally would write that in every single notebook. And I think just writing it over time, that was super helpful because it's true. Like you're not going to make everybody happy and people definitely unfollow me like, Every single day I have a lot of people unfollow me and I have people, you know, writing comments being like, you're boasting or you're showing off or like, this is inappropriate right now, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's just a combination of, yeah, understanding that showing my life is part of my business and that's part of how I sell my my services, having confidence in who I am and what I can offer and then that with time, like it's definitely been a time piece. I also have this mentality and my mentor says this to me all the time. She's like, are you here to win or are you here to just like float along nicely? And obviously if you're just here to float along nicely and go with the flow, totally fine. Like no worries to you, but I'm here to win my race, like not win a race against anybody else, but I'm here to do what I want to do. And if there's something that I'm not wanting to do for me, it'll be like replying to DMs or something like that. I find that when I know when it's like you, for example, or people that have been on my programs or people that I know, that's not the issue. But when it's somebody that is interested in an offer, I still get a little bit nervous about that sometimes, like having to say the right thing in DMs and things like that. So I'd say that's kind of like my area that I don't show up as much as I could. But I'll always have that thing of like, I'm not here to huff ask this like I'm here to do it mm. right and I'm I could just not do that thing and do something else but I know that that's something I want to do to move the needle forward in my business so I'm just going to do it even if it's uncomfortable I love that and that was one of the biggest takeaways for me through flow was I don't even know if you like directly said it or if it was just like something that I kind of got from it but it was like people are going to mm-hmm. talk about you like regardless and I think there's mm. like you know different reasons why people comment you know hurtful things on your post or unfollow you or whatever and it's often because they're triggered because you know you talk about like your income quite a bit on your Instagram and to some other people that would trigger so much jealousy and Mm. resentment and all of these unhealed like parts of them and so I often think like what's the quote where it's like um 
what people think of me is like none of my business. And it's like, that's so true. Like they're going to talk about you regardless. I'd rather them talk about something that makes me happy and is like authentic Mm. to me and like maybe helps 10 other people. It's like, well, if 10 people get like value from that post and one person doesn't, then like I'm still winning, you know, it's, and I love also that you shared like competing with yourself. Like, I think that's so powerful. Like I've never really even thought about that. Like, I think, yeah, we're often like looking externally, but to bring it back to like Mm. you and even like the old version of you, you know, if you're doing better than what you did last week or last month, then you're winning. Yeah, that's really awesome that you took that away. And I think having one thing that I would say that really works in business is understanding that everybody else is a human being. Like, and I see this in my, my boyfriend a lot. Like he gets like, he, if someone's done something, like say somebody's like cut you up when you're driving or cut you off even and they're just driving like a dickhead basically he'll be very easy to be like he's a dickhead and I'll be like maybe he is or maybe he's just not thinking or maybe he's in a rush like I think I and I think it's through the anxious attachment style like I have an ability to be able to like make not necessarily read somebody but assume that people like I always give people the benefit of the doubt like I don't generally think that people are bad I think that people are living life off of their experiences and when you can do that in business like if somebody is judging you they're insecure right like that you have something that either they because when someone judges you or they're jealous of you or they don't like you either you have something that they want and they feel like they can't get it because they feel like they're inadequate or you are showing a part of you that they think they also have that they don't like So maybe they're worried about being overly confident because that's their wound from when they were a child. Like maybe they were told that they boasted too much or they were too loud. So the fact that you're loud or whatever it might be really threatens them because you're doing the thing. Mm, That's so true. It's so interesting, like how each of us like can do the same thing and have like completely different experiences. Mm. And it is based on like Mm. how we feel and, Again, I guess how safe mm. we feel to express ourselves and how it'll be received and all of that. So yeah, it's super, super mm. interesting stuff. And I really love as well, like something that I learned really early on in business is so much of my like downfall in business was because I hadn't done like the personal work. Mm. And like when I first opened the wellness center, like I didn't even think that there would be like an overlap between the two. Like I thought it was me mm. and then I thought it was the business and like, I think, you know, sometimes I try and separate the two, but it's so true because we are part of what we're selling. It's like, of course, you got to do the inner work. Like when yeah. I hear myself say that, I'm like, well, duh. Like, you know, it's it's crazy to think that you can be separate because you're really not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, and that is what I really love about my business is it's very much a part of me. I don't see it as being separate. I think maybe mm. some people really desire that, but I think particularly when you're I mean, you know, feminine and masculine energy isn't necessarily just for men and women, but I do think obviously if you're like born female, you do have a lot more feminine energy and we are very inclined to want fluidity, right? And for things to not be black and white and for things to be gray. Like I think that's part of who we are. And that's why I think so many women entrepreneurs do favor that, like have a business that's very intertwined with their life in general 
and also I feel like when you do that you have a lot more fun because mm. business becomes something that's not something you have to do and something that you get to do and something that you love to do that's so true I've never really considered yeah. it like that but yeah it's very true when I'm in like my more feminine kind of energy and things are just flowing like I love it and then when I feel like I'm forced mm. to be in my masculine I'm like ugh. Like I resent my yeah. almost. I'm like, this sucks. Like I did this because I didn't want to, you know, do all the nine to five and I'm working even more hours. But yeah, it's so true when you can find that balance and then slightly go more mm. into feminine. It's so beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I could honestly ask you like a million more questions. Like I just <laughs> love talking to you and being in your energy. And always you share so much wisdom. But yeah, thank you so, so much for being here and people listening um, because they're obviously going to love you as much as I do. Where can they find you? How can they work with you? And I'll put it all in the show notes as well. Yeah, yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. It's my first like podcast interview in quite a few months. So I loved it. Um, where can you find me? My main space is Instagram, which is at Hannah Rose Cluley. Um I also have my own podcast called The Empowered Entrepreneur. So if you're interested in hearing a little bit more, I have some guest interviews. I have some solo episodes. So go and check that out. And at the moment, I've got a couple of different programs running. If you're interested in flow, which is what Shelby did, that starts at the end of March. So definitely drop me a DM if you want more information. That's very much for somebody who is newer to business, building your foundations but yeah, just drop me a DM or an email and we can have a chat. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was so fun to talk about all of these things. And I'm just so pleased with where you're at and how you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope that you loved it as much as I loved creating it. For more info on me, head to my website or join me on my Instagram or YouTube channel. All of the links are in my bio and it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe, leave a review or rating or send this episode to somebody that you think would enjoy it. I can't wait to connect again in the next episode.